How's it going, Knicks fans? Welcome back to Fireside Knicks with your boys, Alex and Ryan. If you're new to the channel, make sure to like and subscribe. As always, we are five days away from playoff basketball. Knicks have the fifth seed locked up. Now, they lost their two games previously in the regular season finale. Yesterday was a tough one. We had a couple of big leads over the Pacers, ended up losing that one. But we want to talk about Julius Randle today. We want to talk about the fact that uh, that ankle injury is still bothering him. He's still working his way back. He's still rehabilitating. Is five days enough for him to get back on the court and ultimately what happens if he's not fully ready? Who do we rely on here? Who's got to step up? How do you take on a very physical team like the Cleveland Cavaliers who dominate the paint with guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen? You have some really, really great rebounders there, and the Knicks not having Randall is certainly difficult to muster since you know you really have to rely on Mitchell Robinson to step up and, and really help out on the, on the rebounding front, but you know Randall's such a big asset there. Ten rebounds a game on average, having a, one of his best seasons as a professional, um, so it's kind of difficult, Ryan, but we'll take a look at Tom Thibodeau's comments. We'll take a look at, you know, what they mean, what we think they mean at the very least. And if they do have to supplement Randall, how will that look like? But before we dive into the good stuff, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, as you mentioned, you know, the Knicks, I mean, I, I just cared at this point that the guy, uh, the Knicks stayed healthy in those final games, right? At that point, you're the fifth seed, right? You don't really care about what happens. You don't even have, like, control of your own pick. The Blazers do, so you don't even care for, like, pick reasons. Um, but with that being said, you know, one of the big things for the New York Knicks entering the postseason was Julius Randle's health, right? Like, what is it looking like? What is he going to look like entering the postseason? Um, and we know that he struggled in his last postseason outing against the Atlanta Hawks, you know, kind of a similar situation, you know, the Knicks first round matchup four versus five seed. This time the Knicks are the five seed instead of the four seed. Um, and Julius Randle struggled, but you know, he didn't have a Jalen Brunson, right? He didn't, he was the offense. He was the playmaker. He was the point guard. He was the power forward. He was everything for the New York Knicks that year. Uh, and the Knicks lived and died. And I mean that literally. They lived and died by Julius Randle. Um, but, you know, is this team's, is this year's team as reliant on him? No. But does that mean he's not important to what this team does? Uh, no. That, he's very important to this team's offense. He's very important in the sense that he's aggressive. You know, you kind of look at some games that they've played uh, over the last couple of weeks. They feel a little passive. You know, they feel like they're passing, taking, they're passing up shots. Julius Randle's not passing up an open three. I'll tell you that. You know, that may piss off some fans when he, you know, gets a little shot hungry. But, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that balances out from the rest of the roster, which kind of looks to make the right basketball player or is always looking to make the right pass he's the right balance and the right aggressive score for this team um it's going to be a big question mark what does that ankle look like these next five days are going to be very critical because you know this isn't like the regular season where you know you don't have Randall for you know a big game against the Cavs on you know Wednesday night in, in uh, January you know it sucks but you know you you can you can balance that out in other games in the postseason any game matters, right? Every single game in the postseason matters. If I think this is going to go down to six or seven games, right? So that that game one, that game two, that those games matter, right? If you're able to steal a game on the road, you can set yourself up to have home field advantage or home court advantage uh, the rest of the series. Um, so end of the day, you know, Toppin has been balling out lately. I, I give him that. But, you know, do you trust Obi Toppin necessarily to give you what Julius Randle's giving you? Not necessarily. No disrespect to Obi Toppin, but it's it's a matter of just consistency and what I've seen from Julius Randle versus what I've seen from Obi Toppin. Um, you know, do you trust Jalen Brunson to go out there and, and, you know, carry the team while Randle's out? Absolutely. Um, but it's insane that in the postseason, you're going to ask Jalen Brunson to try to be the entire offense, right? That's, that's also unrealistic. And we know the Cavs have a lot of strong interior presence. You know, Evan Mobley is a defensive player player of the year candidate. Uh, Jared Allen is an incredible defensive player as well. So those two guys are going to give you a lot of fits. Again, I look to Obi Toppin and I say, that is not a matchup you want Obi Toppin in. You don't want Obi Toppin to try to run into both those guys and to have to score, right? 
And again, that isn't me dissing Obi Toppin. It's just a matter of that's a tough defense of offensive assignment. Those are tough defenders, and it's going to be really tough to get anything established in the interior. You're going to really need to rely on your jump shot. And if you look at this team's three-point shooting stats, it isn't, you know, top of the line. It's it's solid. It's better than what it's been in years past, but it's certainly, they aren't, you know, the Golden State Warriors with prime Steph Curry and prime Klay Thompson. So uh, having interior presence with Julius Randle would be nice. So um, as you mentioned, there's not, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Julius Randle, and it's going to determine a lot of things early on. So you got to hope for the best because that could be a pretty big blow to say the least. I mean, it would be a huge one. And ultimately, you kind of look at uh, Randall's season, you know, having a really good one. He's over 77 games, averaging a career-high 25.1 points, um, also contributing 10 total rebounds, 4.1 assists. His turnovers are down to 2.8 per game, as lowest since 2018. And he's shooting 343 from three-point range and 459 uh, from the fields, you know, his highest since 2019. He's averaging a career-high 18.6 attempts per game. So you're looking at a player who is taking a lot of shots, a lot of consistency, and his defense certainly doesn't go unnoticed at times. Sometimes he's a little bit lazy, sometimes he's frustrated, but other times he's tremendous and he blocks shots and he's making nice plays. Um, supplementing him is easier said than done, right? Toppin's been great lately. You know, you're looking at a team that um, asked him to play a lot of minutes over the last couple of days with Julius Randle, you know, rehabbing from the ankle injury. He scored 34 points yesterday against Indiana and 32 points last week against the Pacers. Um, and, you know, those two of the three games there had 30 plus points. So you're looking at a player who is definitely on top of his game, but he's also not probably prime for playoff basketball. You know, objectively speaking, Julius Randle is the better player, and it's not close, right? Obi Toppin, love him. I think one day he's going to be a really great player, but I just don't think he's there yet. He doesn't get enough minutes because of Randle's role. But if, you know, Randle for some reason was moved and Toppin becomes a starter, I have full faith that Toppin would be a really good player. But, um, you know, he doesn't have that physical driving nature um, that Julius Randle does and the efficiency there. Um, he's, you know, he's been really living off of that three ball the last couple of games, and he's been shooting incredibly well, hitting over 40% of his shots over the last 10 games from three-point range. So, you know, I do trust Obi Toppin, love him, great transition player, but you want Julius Randle in there, and it's not close. You know, you really want your all-star player. You want your guy um, healthy and ready to go to pair with Jalen Brunson. Um, but if they do have to figure out a way to supplement that injury, Obi Toppin should absolutely get more minutes he should be in there but at the same time you know Randall may not be 100% healthy for this series he probably won't be in fact I'd be willing to guarantee he won't be 100% healthy for this series so how do you split up the minutes here because if Randall is on a minutes count you know if, if he's playing 28 minutes a game whatever it might be you know how are you kind of supplementing that with top in are you kind of splitting it up? How would you kind of split up these these numbers, split up these minutes for both players? Because you really have to be careful with Julius Randle. You want to keep him healthy. You want to make sure he's making more progress and not getting set back. Um, maybe you, you sit him out for the first game. Maybe the Knicks come out and win that one and you have a, a good advantage and then you get a healthier Julius Randle back. Um, I'm kind of leaning toward I don't think he's going to play the first game, but they need him in there somehow in some way. I just don't know how healthy he's going to be. And a, a, a 75% Julius Randle, like, are you okay running with that? Are you okay risking that at this point in time? Um, you know, I think there's a fair argument to be made that maybe the Knicks should just sit him out for game one and hope for the best and, and hope they can steal a game and then, you know, roll with Randall from there, have him at 100%. Um, I don't I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, you know, I it, I know, obviously, again, I've talked about the importance of every single playoff game, but um, that also counts in the sense of, you know, let's say you put Randall out there, he's at 75%, um, and that, that number kind of gets a little bit lower as the games go on, right? You know, you're not playing back-to-backs, which is nice, too, because, you know, that means if even if you do try to trot out Randall, you know, the next day he has a whole 
whole day to recover. Um, and, and that also means that, you know, if you do sit out Randall, you know, you're going from, okay, from five days of recovery to seven days of recovery. That's an extra two days. Um, you know, the Knicks could really have, you know, the scheduling does benefit, you know, the Knicks in terms of, you know, trying to nurse injuries and trying to get themselves fully healthy. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, the thing is, if you feel you just like you just don't you don't know what you're gonna get from Obi Toppin again. You've never really put him in this type of environment in a, in a in a large role, so you really don't know what it's gonna look like. Um, is it possible that he goes out there and he plays a good game? He just gets hot from three uh, and he's able to you know hit three or four big shots and the Knicks ride that to victory. Absolutely. Have they beaten the Cavs shorthanded? Yes, they have. Can they beat big teams or good teams without their best players? Yes, but is it likely? No, right? So that's kind of the situation here. Like, it's not a 0% chance they're going to beat the Cavs without Julius Randle, but it's certainly not over 50%. So, you know, that's kind of the weird line you're tiptoeing here. You also have to factor it from the sense of, as you mentioned, you don't want to, like, make it worse, right? You don't want to go from, hey, we'll play Julius Randle game one, and then in the second quarter, uh, we find out he's out for the entire series. Like, now, now at that point, you're probably going to lose the series, right? Because, you know, if you have a sub-50% chance to win every single game that series, you have a well below 50% chance to win the series. So that's just basic math right there. Um, you know, again, I, I don't really want to sit here and start making conclusions on whether he'll be available or not, because end of the day, we're both just speculating based on the news we have. Uh, and I'll, I do not have an MD attached to my name, uh, and I don't plan on having that anytime soon. Uh, so uh, it's a guess, but game one, I, I would say, you know, I, I guess I'll present it like this. I think we can agree that we would rather him miss game one and have like a 90% Julius Randle for the rest of the series than 75% Julius Randle for game one with a chance of him getting hurt and missing other games or being, uh, you know, even worse off in, in future games. Because at this point, it's a series. It's not just a, it's not a wild card game. It's not you know the NFL playoffs. You know it's it's a seven game series. So you can lose one game and still win the series. Yeah, I mean, look, I think right now, if I was to make uh, you know just a guess, an estimate of what's going to unfold here, I think that he ends up sitting in the first game, and I think that Obi Toppin gets a lot of minutes. You're seeing you know kind of a rotation of, of course, Josh Hart plays a lot more, um, and I think that you pray to God you win that game. And you really need to everyone to step up. You you need those step pieces. If, if Toppin's hitting from three, he's gonna be able to supplement the loss of Randall a little bit. You know, at least to a degree that's not like painful to watch. You know, Toppin when he's on is a good player. Toppin when he's on is capable, and that's the thing. Like, which version of of Ob are we gonna get? The one that shows up and puts up twenty plus points and plays decent defense and you know is is running the floor well and, and showing transition play, which is his normal style. He's a big high effort guy. Or are we going to get the one that misses most of his shots from three-point range and he's getting nervous and he can't really shoot and he's looking more like a liability than, a, than an asset? So I think the way he's been playing lately suggests the former, that he's going to be shooting well, he's going to look good, he's going to be confident. Um, but with that being said, you need Randall back and you need him as close to 100% as you possibly can. And look, as you said, and that's the main point, you can afford to lose one game because it's a series. If you play Randall in game one and he gets hurt, you're done for. You're screwed because not only are you probably going to lose that game if he gets hurt, but you're also like in a really bad spot because you don't have your all-star power forward who is averaging 25 points a game and having a tremendous season and obviously an asset. That in-between day that, you know, if he misses game one, that's three extra days he has to rest. You know, it's an extra, that's a full week. It's a little bit more than a full week. So when you look at it in that perspective, 
those two days when it comes to ankles are a big deal. You know, it redu- the swelling reduces, allows you to get some more rehabilitation in, you know, just uh, improve your mobility with the ankle. If you've ever had an ankle injury, which I imagine a lot of you have, if you've played basketball or any sport, they suck. And it takes a long time to recover from ankle injuries, especially high ankle. Um, I think this is more of a low ankle situation, if, not, if I'm not mis- mistaken. If it is a high ankle one, he's going to be hurting. It's not going to be easy for him to play. Uh, but if it's low ankle, he can probably get away with it. He can probably power through. Um, and, and offer something here. He's got to make sure to wrap it up, and obviously, um, shoe's got to hold up and, and make sure he doesn't make any like t- step on anyone's ankles or anyone's feet or anything that would cause it to roll. But you know, it's definitely a difficult position for him. I feel terrible because I know he wants to be there for this team, and I really do think that he would give this team a major boost. But hopefully, he can get healthy quickly. He's out of the walking boot. He's walking around. Tom Pibdo said he's making good progress and he's just going through the steps and going through the motions, which is obviously, you know, what he's going to say. But um, guys, I'd love to hear perspectives below on this specific topic. How do you think the Knicks kind of go with Randall right now? Do you think he misses the first game? How do you think they split up the minutes? Do you think Obi Toppin plays more because of it? Um, how do you think they kind of supplement this entire situation? And do you think they give him as much time as possible uh, to heal? Or do you think they throw him right into the fire and hope to God he doesn't get hurt any further and that he can kind of power through here? It's definitely a tough one to determine, uh, but we'll keep you guys updated on that front, of course, as we get closer. We still have five days, so we still have plenty of time to rehabilitate, plenty of time to get things um, going and hopefully warm up, and that that ankle is not going to be too much of a problem for him, but always happy to hear your perspectives below. Make sure to like and subscribe, as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Knicks episode.